guilt, shame. Mm-hmm. No one's going to want me. I How would I ever disclose to anybody? I don't want to even have that conversation. And well, if this is the best I'm going to get, I might as well stay with it. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Carve Your Own Fucking Path, a podcast made to inspire you to create a life and business on your own terms. You'll hear candid interviews with people who have boldly decided to blaze their own trail, and the occasional solo show with me, your host. I'm Willa McDonough, on-camera coach, storyteller, and remote video producer. Five years ago, I moved from my home base of San Francisco to the coast of Portugal, taking a big leap into the unknown. Some called it courageous, I called it carving my own fucking path. Today I live in Lisbon and run a business that elevates your online presence, helping you show up confidently on camera to create videos that showcase your brand and personality so you can get more visibility and attract clients by being yourself. If you're just starting out in business or you've been doing it for a while, you're sure to pick up tidbits of actionable advice and hopefully feel inspired by stories from people who have chosen the unconventional and sometimes messy path. And if you've been waiting for a sign to start carving your own fucking path, this is it. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to the podcast, Alexandra. I did. Thank you so much for being here. And you have quite a story and I want to Mm. just commend you first off for, for doing this work. And of course, you know, we'll dive right in, but I just want to say that it takes a lot of courage and guts to do what you're doing. Thank you. It's about getting the information out there so that people don't feel the same way I did Mm -hmm. when I was first diagnosed. Yeah. Yes. So you just a little snapshot, you were diagnosed Mm -hmm. with herpes. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long ago, but you were diagnosed and it was of course a devastating blow Mm -hmm. to your life. And you now have this organization that is called life with herpes. And your, your mission is to break down the stigma. Right. And remove the shame, help others, support others by offering educational content, wellness products, you have a podcast, you have a YouTube, Instagram. So right. you are just putting your face, your story out there as, right. okay, life, life goes on. And right, the- exactly. Yeah, I was diagnosed with oral herpes in 2003. And then I was diagnosed with genital herpes in 2011. And both experiences were completely different. Mm. Getting oral herpes was like, you know, like you're, you're, you're like, oh, that's unfortunate. But mm-hmm. you're not, I remember I cried about it because I was in pain, but that was it. It was like, oh, okay. Everyone right. has it. It's yeah. fine. Everyone, it's not the bad kind. Everyone has it, whatever. Like you can't really avoid it. Okay, cool. Went on mm-hmm. with my life. I, I had my first, well, I had, I got it in 2003 and I had my second outbreak in 2017. So it wasn't even a big deal in my life. Like I didn't even mm-hmm. experience it. Getting genital herpes in 2011 was completely different. And it's because of the sexual taboo or this right. like being, oh, well, you it, there, you add on the, these extra layers of preconceived notions about someone who has genital herpes because of sex. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know why they got it or you know what they were doing, or you know who they dated, or like, yeah, that person, well, we always knew he was slimy, or what, whatever mm-hmm. it is, we all have our own preconceived notions. So that was the worst part. Okay. Yeah. I My understanding was that you could only get one, that you couldn't get, you had one or the other. 
Typically, yes. Most okay. people do get one. So the the there are two types, like type one and type two, and the viral DNA is slightly different. And so most of the times our immune system will pick it up and be like, oh, that's herpes. She already has that. Fine, mm-hmm. whatever. So that's why most people... Most people have HSV one, so they don't pick up HSV two. Um, but okay. in my case, my immune system was weak at that mm-hmm. time. You know, I I was on antibiotics and I had yeast infections and I had bacterial vaginosis. I had all that going on, mm. and so my my body was like, eh, we'll yep. just give her herpes too. Yeah, <laughs> add this on. Okay, just throw and, it in there. Yes, and and you threw out some things that that I'm familiar with for sure as women. And, and I think the, the more we talk about this stuff, the better, because it can feel very lonely, very much on my, you know, my life's over. So going back, I'm just curious because now, I mean, your mission is like, you know, very clear. Take us back before all of this, like what path were you on before this 2000, 2003 or 2011 diagnosis. Yeah. So in 2003, I was 20. I was in college. So I was like, Mm -hmm. I was just in college. And the the interesting thing about being diagnosed with herpes in 2003, I was, I said I was 20 and I went on a date and my date kissed me and he had a cold Mm. sore. And at that point, like at 20, that was a big deal to still, like I was still that innocent, obviously I'd been kissed and then I had boyfriends and things like that. But like, we went on one date and you're just going to kiss me. Like that was a big deal to me at that point. Mm -hmm. So, but moving through in 2011, I was, you know, I was in the mortgage business. I I thought, you know, I was, had a career. I was dating. I was trying to figure out who, what, when I was dating somebody and he just, he didn't know he had it. Mm -hmm. Which most people don't. I was 20, 28 years old, 27, 28 years old. Yeah. Okay. And you get the diagnosis. Was it, so this person that your partner did not know, mm-hmm. never had a physical, let's say manifestation of it. So there was no way to tell right. what was your understanding of it at that point? So it's very interesting. So in high school, I was a peer educator for Planned Parenthood. So Planned Parenthood came into my high school and they handpicked certain people to do community service and they educated us. And so we had to pass tests and exams and routinely not physical, but like mm-hmm. actual academic exams. And so we had to know it. So I knew about anatomy and physiology. I knew about STIs, STDs, and I knew about, I knew about birth control. Like I was an expert and I knew it. So I knew, I knew how you got herpes. I knew how common it was. I knew how common other STIs were. I knew that they could be asymptomatic. I knew that yet I still believed it would never happen to me because Mm -hmm. I was dating one person. Like I routinely got checked. Um, He, and he said he was getting checked like, okay, cool. Like we both got checked. You get it from people that sleep with multiple partners. This was my, my Mm -hmm. thought and it's not accurate. You can right. be, you can have two people that are virgins and get married and one person has oral herpes and then yep. you end up getting it genitally from your partner. Mm-hmm. And the so. other thing is the, they don't check. We don't get it checked no. unless it's, there's something to see 
And that's the other thing is it's right. so common right? that again, people are not going in and getting, and then, yeah. So I, I have some experience with this. So I, I that's why I know some things about it. Right. Like, oh, wait, you, you're not going to check, but why not? And then, you know, it's like, you have right. to push for it big time. And it's frustrating. And I, I knew that again, cause I was a, an educator. I, I did know that. And so I always said, I want to be tested for herpes, mm-hmm. but partners don't know that. Right. And you have to tell them. And then it, it's, it gets weird. And like, well, why are you, you know, it gets a weird conversation, but no, there's a lot of the medical field, a lot of people in the medical field and different countries as well. I've, I've talked to people in Australia, for example, or people in Europe, depending on their, their country, they're like, no, we we don't test unless you actually have a visible lesion. Mm -hmm. So even if you are being responsible and saying like, Hey, I just, I want to know, I just want to be responsible. They're not, they're not testing, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Okay. So diagnosis, life is over dreams, Mm -hmm. goals over, over. And I wasn't sure about the guy, you know, like you're, you're dating. Um, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'll try it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I have to stay with him now because we both have herpes. I have oh. to. So I stayed with him for two years and it was okay. miserable. Mm. So the relationship was not good in general. This Mm-mm. just kind of added a, a bit of a handcuff situation. Sounds like, mm-hmm. like, okay, this is now we're going to be in this together. Mm-hmm. Do you I made have, my bed, so yeah. I'll sleep in it basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know? So you were, you were full of like shame guilt, yourself, guilt, guilt sh- shame, guilt, shame. Mm-hmm. No one's going to want me. I, how would I ever disclose to anybody? I don't want to even have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And well, if this is the best I'm going to get, I might as well stay with it. You know, where did those, those I, where did those ideas come from? Do you know? probably society telling you that you're a dirty person. You're, you're bad. Nobody's going to want to date you with STDs. Mm-hmm. Ew. Right. You Had know? you ever worked with someone going back to your days when you were working with Planned Parenthood, did you ever coach or work with anyone that had herpes and you, you were telling them it's going to be okay? Had you been no, on that side? It, they were, they were high school students hmm. and I'm not saying high school students don't have herpes, but I'm saying that right. I went into the classroom and taught for a day and that was it. Okay. I just got it. Yeah. I didn't know they were were high school students. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was in high school and they were in high school. So it was actually a really good program because you don't want the like old person that you're like, you've never had sex. (laughs) Come tell me about (laughs) you haven't had it for 20 years, (laughs) 20 years. Right. So let's send that other 16 year old in here Mm -hmm. and talk about it. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting position to be in. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, because you're coming from like like I'm one of you, but I have a bit more knowledge mm-hmm. and it is quite different than reading it in, in a textbook or reading, you know, the stats and, this, and then actually experiencing that because mm-hmm. of all the emotions and the shame. So do you, do you have a moment when you decided like, fuck it, I'm going to carve my own, my own path. So I was turning 30 and that's a big, you know, it was like a big deal. Big and it, yeah, it was. And it was, mm-hmm. At that point, so I had a great career, but I was struggling because I, you know, when, when one thing's off, the other things are off too. Everything it, you know, you can't, you can't juggle it. You can't balance it. So I was struggling with my career. 
I had to move home because I got into debt. So I'm, you know, 28, 29 years old now living at home, dating someone I don't want to date. Was binge eating. So I thought, you know, being a teenager in the 90s, it was that whole like grunge, you know, like Mm -hmm. that like sunken in heroin look. And so that's, you know, I kind of like went through that and I thought, well, that's the only way you can stay thin. And I realized, okay, I got to get this shit together because I'm Mm -hmm. turning 30 and I want to get married. I don't know if I, I didn't know if I wanted to be a, a mom, but I was like, I want those options and I need to figure this out. So I started on this like self love journey and I, you know, read things. I signed up for classes and this is, again, we have to remember 2011, 2000. So in 2012, I turned 30. So remember Facebook was kind of the big jam. Instagram really wasn't out. Zoom didn't exist. It was go-to meeting, but people weren't doing go-to meetings. So like, you know, I had to like buy CDs, you know, I'd mm-hmm. listen to them in my car <laughs> or I'd sign up for webinars, you know, and then I would like record it and then I would listen to it over and over and over in my car. So that it was definitely more difficult. It wasn't as pronounced as it is now. You just go on Instagram or whatever your social media pick is and you can find somebody that is going through it or has been through it or can support you. So it was definitely a difficult channel, but I did not want to turn 30 and be in the same position. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be a victim to herpes. Okay. And I looked and I looked at it knowing the statistics, two out of three people have HSV one. Um one out of six can be sometimes one out of five, depending on where you research it, have HSV two. How are, how are people, how are they going about their lives? They still marry the person of their dreams. They're still in, they have careers of their choice. Like they're still doing those things. And how come I can't? Mm -hmm. So I had to get my ducks in a row. Okay. So you're living at home. Yeah. You're like this. Dating that guy. Get dating that guy. (laughs) Something's got to change. Physically. Just curious. Were you uncomfortable? Did you have symptoms that were like, debilitating. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. My first outbreak Mm -hmm. was miserable. You couldn't sit down. It was in the summer. It was 4th of July weekend. So like I wore those maxi dresses, you know, jeans were not an option. It was Armageddon basically everywhere. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's a whole different experience than getting a diagnosis, not having really any symptoms because yeah, but you, you have, had okay really bad yeah I was I was in so yeah. much pain and then I continually mm. got outbreaks afterwards because I, I mentioned you know I had yeast infections and BV and like all I had right. ac- I had awful acne at this point so there was like a trickle effect going on in my body that it was like you got to change something so mm-hmm. let's figure this out mm-hmm. okay uh, for you sharing your story with the world Mm-hmm. What is your biggest why for that? So that nobody else feels isolated and destructive in their life. Mm-hmm. I've talked to thousands of people and I've talked to people that have said, I pulled out of school because I didn't want anyone at school to know. I I talked to this one woman. She's, she was, or is in the air force, an officer. She and her husband, they have children. They wanted to adopt a child. And so they were going through the process and they pulled out because on the application and, you know, it's like years of applications and they pulled out because mm-hmm. 
there was a question on STIs and she's like, well, and I should maybe pull out of the air force. You know, I'm like, no, no, no. You know, I've talked to people that didn't have children because they thought this, I've talked to people that are parents, but never got in the pool with their kids. I've, I mean, all these things that you're like, that's not, that's not fair to you. And that's not fair to the people that you love. And I just don't want people to a feel like they have to sacrifice Mm -hmm. or settle or, or give something up because they feel like they're being punished or, or feel alone. Cause those, that diagnosis period is, I call it the Eeyore phase. We all know Eeyore. He has the, you know, the rain cloud over him 24 seven and winning mm-hmm. the poo. And like, you don't need to be an Eeyore. Yes. You need to grieve, but we don't need to go through life being an Eeyore and you can really change and become more confident and change your, your lifestyle and get healthier and things like that. So there's a lot of positive things. Definitely. How was it sharing your story for the first time and how, where, who was that with? (laughs) I (laughs) terrifying. Um, I had a podcast and I was asked to speak at a podcast conference in Florida in 2017. And the topic I was asked to speak on was like self-worth, self-respect, self-love and how that really plays a role into your business. And, mm-hmm. and so I was going to talk about getting into debt and my, my husband at the time was my boyfriend was like, okay, no big, like Alexandra, everyone at 25 gets into debt. Like, it's just <laughs> no big deal. I mean, you weren't even, it wasn't yeah. like that big of debt. Like mm-hmm. it seemed like instrumental, like it seemed like something you could never pay off at 25, but like, come on, you know? So he goes, you should talk about having herpes. And I was like, there's no way. There's no, like, there's no way I'm not going to do that. And he's like, well, I think Mm. it would really help you. And it would help the community. It would help these people. And so I got up on stage and did that. Wow. So you didn't start speaking about this until 2017. Right. Okay. Was that a turning point that like speaking in in that public way? Did you have people coming up after words and saying, oh my God, thank you. Yes. So, much. so yeah. that's what I learned. I learned that a couple of things happen when you share something extremely vulnerable on stage. Number mm-hmm. one, people pay attention. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they yeah. stop texting or whatever. They're like, whoa. <laughs> so from a, from a leadership or speaking, that's a good thing. Um, it allows you to connect. Mm-hmm. So they go, wow, like she's human or she's there's humility or she's been through something. Cause it's so easy to look at somebody and be like, well, you don't get it. You don't really know. Yeah. You haven't walked in my shoes. So it, it creates that. And the people that did, did have herpes in that room came up to me and they're like, I have this and I've never shared it. And wow, you know, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So it also allowed other people, maybe it's not herpes, but maybe it's an issue with alcohol. Maybe it was an, you know, a rape. Maybe it was drugs. Maybe it, mm-hmm. all, all these things in our life that that, right. that cause trauma that we hide because mm-hmm. we're like, well, I don't want anyone to know this. I don't want anyone to know that I went through this because they might judge me. It allows us to be more authentic on who we are. Yes, definitely. Where do you think the stigma came from with this extremely common ST, STI, STD? It came from the pharmaceutical companies. So herpes. So I actually interviewed, I called a, uh, a professor, could have been a scientist from the Salk Institute at University of California, San Diego. And so I called him to ask 
he was a, a viral special, a viral scientist for HIV and HSV. So he was like stoked to get a phone call because like who actually wants to talk about <laughs> herpes, you know? <laughs> so, I do. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like, so I, I called him mm-hmm. and he said, every living vertebrate has herpes. Oh. It's part of living. Mm-hmm. And so, cause I was like, who's the asshole? Who's the yeah. asshole that gave, that like started who started it? this? Who started this? You know, like who can we blame? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, it, there's no one. It's part of living. It's part of, it's here. Everybody has it. Everybody's exposed mm. to it. You may not actually manifest it. You may not actually, you know, get to the point of, of getting herpes, but like, again, dogs have it. Cats have it. Dolphins oh, okay. have it. Oh my God. You know, like koala bears <laughs> have it. So, so it's, it's here and it's, it's, it's just part of living. So back to the, who started the stigma. So in the late seventies, early eighties, they developed Valtrex. And mm-hmm. so Valtrex is the antiviral that can help keep the herpes virus suppressed and it can help prevent outbreaks and, and helps with preventing transmission. And so they needed a reason to sell it. Cause why have people been living for decades without it and they're fine. And right. now they suddenly need it. So they created the stigma around genital herpes and they advertised it towards genital herpes, leaving the oral herpes people like, Oh, you're fine. That's normal. That's it's a cold sore. Even it's another cold name. Sore, everybody. Right. Another name. Yeah. Genital yeah. herpes. You're the bad one. You need a medication because you need to get rid of, you need to punish yourself. And now you have to take mm-hmm. medication for the rest of your life mm. is, was their message. So that's what okay. it was. It's crazy. And on yeah. that, it's so interesting. So, you know, since then, you know, we remember the HIV AIDS pan or not pandemic, but epidemic thing in the eighties and, and nineties when it was really big and scary and people didn't mm-hmm. know. And that was never advertised as a bad thing. It was advertised as like humanity. Let's, let's fix this together. Let's do walks. Let's fight this. You right. Princess Diana going into go, you know, Princess Diana holding people, holding their hands while they, they pass like things like that. There were movies made about it. It was, how mm-hmm. do we solve this for humanity? HPV, human papillomavirus that's been around for eons as well. But it wasn't, and it wasn't discussed. I never discussed it being an educator for Planned Parenthood. It wasn't discussed as an STD. It didn't, it wasn't even discussed, but it not until the vaccine came out in about 2099, 2001, then it was like, Hey, we're let's, let's get this together. Let's protect each other. So it's all marketing. So true. God damn it. Yeah. (laughs) All marketing. And that's the thing. Stigmas. Genius. Genius marketing. Yeah, exactly. No. It but this fear, because I've seen people with fear in their eyes, like, wait, you know, yeah. this thing that is yeah. and a part of it I think is because it doesn't go away technically. I think right. that's potentially why, because the other ones you're like, pop a pill, chlamydia, yeah, it's, uh, gonorrhea, it's whatever. Like it's, it's gone. Antibiotic and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that is the other thing. So your your organization, life with Herpes, herpes, it's living yeah. with it because that's the thing is it's not, it may not go away, may not, you know, show up necessarily, but there's, there's a way forward. So I'm just curious in like health wise for you, has it gotten better or is it something that you still have to 
manage. There's so oral herpes. That's never been an issue in my life. I got my second outbreak right before my wedding. <laughs> like great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like didn't even know I got yeah. outbreaks orally. Mm-hmm. Um, and genitally, yeah, there are seasons in my life where I will have more outbreaks than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like to use that as an opportunity to say, okay, what else is going on in my body? Am I deficient right. in other vitamins? Am I stressed? Am I like uh, this last fall? We were in between homes. We were living in Costa Rica, um, which was great. Cause we it's were amazing. Awesome. Like nothing wrong with that. But mm-hmm. you know, you're not, it's not your, you were renting and then we were waiting for our home in Las Vegas to be done. And, and right. it, it had too many, I had too many beds, too many, <laughs> I have a toddler. Like it, I, yeah, I had lots of outbreaks, you know, like, mm-hmm. right. I was yeah. Stressed. Stress change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's just an opportunity for you to look at, okay, what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's so that's the most important thing is mm-hmm. to look at why is this showing up? It's mm-hmm. always, it's always a sign of something else, you know, underneath the surface. So did you ever envision that you would be in such a public way and speaking on like just this big kind of scale and never. being the face? No. Yeah. Never. never, never. My best friend at the time that I, I mean, she stole my best friend, but at, at the mm-hmm. time I called her, right. I don't know if she called me or I called her right after the doctor. And I remember she said to me then like, Alexandra, you're a fighter and you need to go public about this. But I was like, no wow. way. Like, wow. absolutely not. There's no way. Like, and again, <laughs> 2011, this didn't exist. Podcasts right. were around, but who had, who listened to podcasts? Nobody. Like it didn't, it right. wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And social media, you're right. It was such infancy in that, at that point. And the highlight right. reel. I mean, there was no vulnerability going on with social media. No. And really is, not until the yeah. last couple, like two years, maybe since true. 2020. It's, true. Um, it's cool to be vulnerable. It's yeah. cool to be like, let's talk about it. That's new. Mm-hmm. Even the last it's, couple of years. It's it, yeah. Because I think Instagram changed it as in perfection became the norm and what people strived for. And then now it's swinging back. It's so it's, it's it, fascinating, right. but also an amazing time to be yourself, be your authentic self. Right. Share your story because as you know, and and as you are showing by doing what you're doing is that when you do that, it becomes the vehicle to help so many, so many other people. Right. So I want to commend you for that again, because that's, that's the thing is like, you're, you're putting yourself out there, but at such a for, for a greater cause. And I feel like that's the biggest message for people. And I would take that and, you know, you people listening may not have herpes and may not ever, or they may, or whatever, you may never Mm -hmm. want to go public with something, but whatever you do. So I talk to people like when you're disclosing and like, well, how should I disclose? When should I disclose? When I talk Mm -hmm. to them about other things, you have to go to your why, why am I doing this? And you have to be crystal clear on your why, because if it goes south or doesn't go as planned or you disclose to the person that you are like, I am infatuated this person and they call you names or kick mm-hmm. you out of their house or whatever. You have to go back to your why I decided to do this. And then you're crystal clear. It still hurts, but mm-hmm. then you're not teeter tottering. Right. So getting clear. So your why, so 
segueing in. So then dating with herpes, yeah. how is, what does that look like? How is that? Yeah. Yeah. So I was turning 30 mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was with the guy <laughs> with the- and I was like, and I, so I, I moved, I got, you know, my own apartment again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, okay, I, I, I can't, I can't be doing this. And I decided, so one of the things I realized that I, you, we had this idea of who we're going to date and, and anybody else that comes in is like, absolutely not. Yeah. And I said, that's wrong because anytime you go out with somebody, you learn something either about that person. That's a quality that you really like. and like, wow, that's a quality I wasn't looking at. And I want that in my future partner, or you learn a quality about yourself, something they do agitates you or doesn't or whatever. And so I decided that I would date anybody that asked me out. I would go on a date. Okay. Date doesn't mean sleeping. It means you want to go for ice cream. Let's go get ice cream. You want to go for a walk on the beach? Sure. I'll go for a walk on the beach. You want to go to dinner? I'll go to dinner. It didn't mean going back to their place. It didn't Mm -hmm. even mean there was a second date. It meant I will take, I will learn and open up and you know, if, if you're for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. So if I'm saying no, 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 but I really want to date and I want to find that person, I'm saying no. So my opposite reaction is going to be, well, I'm not going to send you anybody. Right. Yeah. The universe, mm-hmm. you have to be yeah, ready. Were you online? Right. No, <laughs> I, I tried it. So it was okay. so funny. I went, I went to do it. And I don't know which one I picked. And I was on my iPad. I went back to my parents' house. I didn't have Wi-Fi yet at my apartment. So I went back to my parents' house to like fill it out on my iPad. And I, I moved from the kitchen to another room in the house. And we, we had different Wi-Fis at that point. Like the room switched, you know, like the, mm-hmm. and so as I'm moving through the house, the Wi-Fi gets disconnected. And then this error comes up as I'm only like, one page into the application and it's like we have no prospects for you <laughs> and I was like <laughs> sorry awesome. yeah 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 maybe this but it was like a glitch mm-hmm. yeah it was a glitch but I was like oh, I'll take that as a sign yep I won't do that so no mm-hmm. you didn't miss anything <laughs> yeah right <laughs> okay so you're you're just now you're open to different people yeah coming in and so yeah. what, what starts happening? I start learning. I start enjoying it. I start realizing like, oh, this was a, this was something that I thought was really interesting and I, or a characteristic I really thought I needed. And I went out with that person and I don't need that characteristic, whatever it was. Um, but as far as disclosing, that's the big thing is when do I disclose? How do yeah. I disclose? Do I need to disclose if I go on a date? Is that fair to the person to say, am I wasting their time? Which you're not. I would use it a lot of times to get out of sex or to get out of the second or third date. It's like, oh, I don't want to tell him that I really don't like him for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. And I'll just be like, oh, I have herpes. And a lot of times it would take care of it. And a lot of times it didn't. They're like, it's okay. It's cool. Plan B. (laughs) What's my plan B? (laughs) Yeah. Plan B. So being honest, well, that yeah, takes a lot so, of guts that in that situation mm-hmm. because, and why is it so uncomfortable? I, I still don't understand because if you're willing to do that with someone, have sex with someone, how can you not have a conversation 
right. about your history. It's, do you have any insight on that? Like, why is it so difficult? Well, I use the analogy, like you would, if you're at a bar, you would never, or a restaurant or whatever, you would never walk up to someone eating a burger at the bar and have a bite of their burger. You wouldn't be like, oh, I don't know you, but like, can I have a bite of your burger? You just wouldn't, you'd, maybe you'd have a French fry, <laughs> but you would never like take the burger and bite it. Yet we won't know somebody. We'll meet them at a bar yeah. mm-hmm. and go have sex with them. Yeah. And if we're not Pretty having nuts. sex, but we don't, we don't have a condom. Let's say you're like, oh, I want to be safe. We'll just have oral sex. And I'm like, Again, yeah. you would never eat their burger, but <laughs> you'll do this. You know, it's like, yeah, it, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Why are we doing that? I, I just think that there is this whole phase of like casual sex and it's normal mm-hmm. and that's what we should do. And it, it's the cool thing. And right. And you can, there's nothing wrong with that. If, that, if that's your lifestyle and that's what you want to do. Absolutely. It just requires a conversation and Mm -hmm. that's it. Just conversation. Um, or if you don't want to have the conversation, then be prepared to end up with like, Oh, I didn't, something doesn't feel right down there. I wonder why, you know? Exactly. Yes. Take responsibility. Take responsibility for, for something happens. When do you, when did you start disclosing? Was it just curious if there was a, like a, in your mind date three or whatever. No, it was whenever, if I felt that the relationship was going to go somewhere and there was somebody I wanted to date, Mm -hmm. it was more than just getting ice creams on Thursday nights. And it went to like, let's go to dinner. And you're like, Oh, you know, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Then yeah. That's when I disclosed casual sex. Wasn't my thing. So that, that wasn't, Mm -hmm. that wasn't it. It was when I wanted to have a relationship with this person. And with that being said, like there was a guy I dated after and we dated for like two years, but we went on like vacation together and didn't sleep together. Like we were still dating. Like we went Mm -hmm. to LA for the weekend and we didn't have sex. Like we didn't. So don't ever feel like, oh my gosh, we're going on vacation and it's going to be assumed that I have to do this and I have herpes or it's a long distance and it's assumed Mm -hmm. if, if he flies me out to Wisconsin or wherever we're going that I have to, no, you don't have to do anything. It's really important. I think that we set our own boundaries of what Mm -hmm. we want and what we don't want. If you're like, no, my intention of going on this vacation is to have sex. Great. Right. (laughs) Then awesome. But don't feel pressured. Yeah. And have that, and have that conversation. Is it important to you to communicate about sexual health or is it not important to you? Do you Mm -hmm. think that we should use protection like latex condoms or not? Whatever works for you and then follow through. If if your hard line is like, no, we have to use a condom and the partner's like, yeah, I don't really like condoms or I'm allergic or da-da-da-da-da-da, then that needs to be your hard line. It's like, you Mm -hmm. know what? Then we're not going to do this. We're going to go get tested or we're going to have further conversations or whatever it is. Right. But not just like give in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. That's a whole other podcast. Hard. Yeah. I think in, in general, because of the, again, certain cultural things, expectations, yeah. especially as women, it's much harder. And I think because it kind of falls on us a lot of the time. Yeah. To be. Yeah, but the responsible proactive. one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it usually 
falls down to birth control, but, Mm -hmm. and that's really the concern for most people is birth control, birth control, birth control. Right. Nobody really asks about STDs. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And you are now married with a child. Uh Mm -hmm. So how did that go? go? So like your story, let's say meeting him and your husband. It's a, it's a fun story. So my husband actually was my, my colleague. And so when I got diagnosed with herpes in 2011, it was the Friday before 4th of July. And so I, you know, no one's like, you're kind of working, but not working. I was in sales. So I was out meeting with people. And so I come back into the office and I was like, ghost white. You you can just tell something's wrong. You know, like all the colors Mm -hmm. out of your, you know, you're a deer in the headlights. And so my husband but not husband at the time was like, mm-hmm. are you okay? Or what's wrong? And I, you know, I collapsed in his office and like, you know, you start crying and you're shaking and you're scared. And, you know, I had already disclosed to some people, I'll get into that story after this story. So I'd already made some phone calls and disclosed to some, some past partners and that didn't go necessarily well. Mm-hmm. And I was just feeling pretty, pretty bad. So my husband knew about it. Um, we got together, I think, like four years later. Wow. And when we, okay. So friends yeah. all that time, colleagues, right. Right. Yeah. Colleagues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we ended up getting together, that was one of the conversations I was like, Hey, you remember that one day in the office? Like you remember that. Right. And he's like, yeah, no problem. I, I, I want to know more about it, but like, not a problem. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I want to be with you. We had bigger fish to fry. We were colleagues. We had to go to HR. Right. Like going to HR yeah. was a way bigger deal. And so we 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 think that like herpes is the end all be all. Herpes should be the easiest, hardest mm-hmm. conversation in a relationship. It was an uncomfortable conversation we had to have, mm-hmm. but calling HR was way worse. Was you it? <laughs> Did you keep your job? Did you guys both keep working? Yeah, there? for yeah, okay. for a while I stayed. Yeah, like another year or something, and then yeah, and then I left because yeah, but yeah, because you're on a mission, <laughs> on a mission, right. <laughs> right? Well, that was yeah. So to- so 2017 really sparked, I guess, the more public, all of that. Yes. Okay, and I wasn't working for that company that yeah, I, right. That probably wouldn't have gone over well, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that that is a really that's that's a cool story, because he yeah. was there in those moments, like literally in that moment when you were finding out. Yeah. 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 So, mm-hmm. okay. but earlier I was saying, you know, disclosing. So my, yeah. my best friend called me or I can't remember again, either I called her or she called me right after my disclose, after I got the information that I had herpes and she had had some medical problems in the past. And she goes, the best thing I did was call people at that time as well, because if you call them a month later and you're like, Oh, I just, I got herpes. I got diagnosed a month ago, but now I'm calling you to let you know that person is like, well, mm. dude, why did it take you a month? Or mm-hmm. then you, you know what I mean? Opposed yeah. to, I just found out, I don't know all the answers, but it was my responsibility to let you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. because I was a peer educator for, for Planned Parenthood, I did know that herpes could have been dormant in my system for years. Right. And I knew that. So, um, yeah. So I went back pretty far and told mm. people and some of the guys were like, you're disgusting. 
And others were like, no problem. Like, can I do something for you? Like, do you want to go to dinner? Like, can I, you know, not like mm, let's go to dinner, yeah. but like, right. Can I just support? Yeah. Like, yeah. how are you? Can I? Yeah. So it was, yeah. that was interesting. Wow. So you just, in those first couple that, of days, you, you, that day, those calls no, that, that day. day, that day, oh my God, that that's, day. that's yeah. really intense. Yes. And so, yeah. well, it seems like personality wise, clearly you're very outspoken. I don't know, you know, just you. And, and so that, that I keep going back to what your friend said, like, you need to share this publicly. I would just never dream of saying that to just any friend after finding this out. So there's something, yeah, she was seeing this side of you and, and then also making those phone calls. So clearly you could do hard things. Yeah. You know, with, and putting yourself out there, because I think that's the biggest thing is the, what are other people going to think? That stops, right. I think, a lot of us in our tracks mm-hmm. when ultimately it's it's actually going to make you. Yeah. I mean, better. people are going to talk about you regardless. Yeah, it's true. You know, and so <laughs> you might as well do what you think is right and right at mm-hmm. the time. Right. Um, yeah. And I'm a big person on honesty. And I thought, gosh, if I was diagnosed with this, I or if, if, it, if it was reverse and Someone I had dated, let's say a year ago, just got herpes. I would have mm-hmm. appreciated the phone call to be like, Hey, I don't think you have it. This is, you know, we dated a year ago, but FYI, or mm-hmm. it's a, Hey, just be a little more careful next time or whatever. Yes, definitely. Yeah. It's good to reverse it. Yeah. And what you would like. So what advice do you give people that, I mean, this could be in general, actually, when their life is going to change because of a, a diagnosis or something, what would you, what, what should a person do in that situation? So number one, I like to say, educate yourself on it because you probably didn't know that much about it before. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't in your life. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, for example, I don't know that much about breast cancer. I know right? Like I I don't know that much about it. So like had, if someone's diagnosed with breast cancer or whatever, you would want to educate yourself on like, what is it? What is it not? What does it mean? Herpes? What does herpes mean? What does it not mean? You're not going to die. You're not like your life isn't over. You can still have sex. You can still become a parent. You can still have, I had a vaginal birth. Like it's Mm -hmm. life is normal, but educate yourself. The next thing I would do is find a community that understands you. So whether that is your own personal community, but I would also like express to say, find a community that really is going through it because yes, your family or your, you know, they might be there for you, but they're not going through it per se. Mm-hmm. So find a community that you can support yourself with and that is like you and gets you. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And you created a community for I that did. reason. I did. I mean, remember back in 2011, let's go back there. You, there wasn't communities. Nobody talked about mm-hmm. herpes. Yeah. You know, you got a pamphlet from the doctor and here you go. And mm-hmm. that's not really fair to the person being diagnosed. So yeah, I didn't want anyone to ever feel alone again or feel like I have questions or I asked my doctor, but they just kind of like shooed me out because it's not a big deal to them. And it's not a big deal medically. That's, that is good news. Herpes mm-hmm. is not a big deal. Right. 
Yes. Yeah, it's true. Again, with, but all the stigma and stuff with it, I think that's the, that's the, the thing is in reality, it's something that isn't a big deal, but it is just those, the stigmas that come with it. Right. What does your online community look like? So it has people from hundreds of people from all over the world. And what I love about it is that people are from all over the world. You know, people from Germany, we'll have people from Japan, we'll have people from Australia, we'll have people from Brazil, we'll have, you know, all Canada, all over the world and cool. different cultures and different mind mindsets around mm-hmm. herpes. Yet we're all with it together. So we have different ages all sorts of things. And it really has become a family. It's become Mm -hmm. friends. Like people have dated in the group. People can't wait to, yeah, people will, yeah, (laughs) people will become friends. They've gone on trips together. So it really is a community and it, it like, I'm a proud mama bear of that community. (laughs) Yeah. When, where can people find the community? Is it on Facebook or I didn't do Facebook again. Yeah. A little more security, but you just go to lifewithherpes.com and you can okay. find out more information. It's called the secret society and you can join and yeah. Meet lifelong Meet friends lifelong and the love friends. of your life potentially. Maybe. <laughs> That's yeah, very they're, cool. They're, like they're, they are diagnosed with herpes, but they're happy people. Like I've noticed I've gone on mm-hmm. other groups that are on Facebook or things like that. And they're like, they're not happy people. <laughs> they're really stuck or they just want to hook up or like, let's just smoke pot and drink, Mm. you know, and and like, I'm like, no, we need to work through it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) work through this. Right. Yeah. So it's more connection on lifestyle and uh, like uh,plifting each other and and that kind of thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're running that you still manage that whole community. Okay. So you're quite busy from what (laughs) I see. You have a lot, you know, filming videos and podcasting and everything and else. What is a, a, mommy, a day in the life and a mom? A day in yes. life, mommy. Day in the life. Day in the life. I like to get up early and exercise so that I have something to myself. Mm-hmm. I like to take bar classes. It's my favorite. Oh, um, and love. then my son and I, yeah, I love that. My son and I usually go for a walk with our, our dog, our family dog. We usually do a walk or of some sort or a run outside. And then we usually do an activity, which is like gymnastics or swimming. And then around 10, 10 30, I start life with herpes or whatever. Mm-hmm. When I work on that, I I'm recording, I'm filming, I'm creating content. I'm also in school. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just add one more thing. Why not? Yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> why I did that, but I'm working on my master's. So there's time with that as nice. well. And then around like 3.30 and 4, I come back and I'm a mommy. Mm-hmm. And my husband and son and I will go do something. I don't know, another walk or mm-hmm. throw rocks in a lake. I don't know. <laughs> Hit golf yeah. balls and uh, eat nice. dinner and yeah, mm-hmm. go to bed and do it all over again. Right. And so <laughs> you're you're creating a lot of content for people. Yes. Is it mainly educational? What type of yes, mm-hmm. yes, educational. Okay. I wanted it to be when we looked at herpes or anything medically before, it was very sterile. It left you feeling very like ster- sterile, or you're looking at like the almanac or something. Mm-hmm. It was like, here's what it is. And I didn't want that feeling. I wanted it to be more comforting, 
more like this is a real person, not an actor or a like mm-hmm. caricature of somebody that has herpes. So yeah, I, I, I want, it's all educational. Sometimes it's funny. You have to make fun mm-hmm. of it at some point, but it's educational. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. What would you say you're the most proud of right now? Up being a mom, mm-hmm. being a mommy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not in my, it, it, I didn't know if I wanted to be a mom and, and my husband kind of talked me into it and I was <laughs> okay. like, really? He's like, I think, I really think you'll feel like you missed out. So it's been the best, like, that's my proudest thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how old is he? Two and a half. Okay. We're still Cute. new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toddler. And Busy. yes. And, and having this, again, you said you had easy, natural birth and the whole thing. So yeah physically it didn't didn't interfere that much Mm-mm. yeah it will only yeah. interfere if you allow it mm-hmm. I like that you know concept yeah it's yeah. true mm-hmm. and what are you most looking forward to right now what am I most looking for I'm looking forward to be done with my master's but no I I just enjoying life, like just continuing to go. Now I'm turning 40. Mm-hmm. So I moved through my thirties. I'm just, in, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to again, being a, a better support system to people, being able to educate people more on it, not just the, like the data on herpes, but how do mm-hmm. we move through life? How do we navigate through life? How do we practice forgiveness? How do we practice responsibility? How do we navigate through other things in our life that, you know, can be a better result. Mm -hmm. Do you see doing this work ongoing? Yeah. I think that always, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I I think that there'll always be like, this is life with herpes is my community and Mm -hmm. I want to support people. So I think, yeah, some, some way or fashion, I will always have a hand in it. I'm also, I have, you're like, how are you? I'm also launching another (laughs) business. Oh, a okay. jewelry business. So I'm really excited about that Very too, cool. but yes. I think life of herpes will always have my soft spot and mm-hmm. yeah, your baby. So jewelry, Maybe. making it, designing it. Yeah. Designing it. And my grandfather was a jeweler. So learning blood. how to, my blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will it be online as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. It will. It will. Very cool. Yeah. And so what would be the best way for people to find you, consume your content, work with you? Do you work Mm one-on-one kind of a coaching type Mm -hmm. dynamic? Okay. I do. The best, if if it's herpes related, life with herpes. So Mm -hmm. anything life with herpes, whatever it is, if you're YouTube, if you're, if you're um, TikTok, if you're whatever you are, Mm -hmm. just go to life with herpes and you can pretty much navigate through there and find whatever you're looking for, looking for blog posts, looking for videos, you're looking for whatever, looking for the community, looking for products. I have that. And if you want personal stuff of (laughs) me being a mom and making banana bread or whatever, or my jewelry, you can just go to alexandraharbushka.com and you can navigate through that. Okay. That's awesome. And I'm trying to think if I had any, I have so many questions, but now I'm 
going blank. I, I The story thing is so like touching on that again, because I think in these moments when people have a devastating event, you know, a diagnosis uh-huh. or something like, what advice would you give people that may not see the light right now? They are experiencing something horrible. Yeah. And, you know how to transform that. I would say that you're going to go down a journey journey you probably didn't want to go down but you needed to go down Mm -hmm. I'm faith-based so I I believe that it was like a message or something that God wanted you to like this is who you are and you need to learn this and this is part of it it's not a punishment Mm -hmm. but be prepared to grow in a way that you weren't expecting to grow and there's going to be some really positive things that come out of it I see you coaching people doing this too. Yeah, I do. In a way, but you do already. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Because I'm in your experience, again, sharing on these platforms and and going to events and things like that. Do people then, do you hear all kinds of crazy stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that vulnerability piece. Uh Uh-huh. And it's great that people feel, "Hmm." you know, they, they can open up to to me about it and great, you know, like Mm -hmm. let's work through it. Right. Yeah. That's great. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me and walking through it. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking about it. (laughs) Thank you. Me too. And how are you 40? I know. (laughs) I wonder that too. (laughs) <laughs> you look incredible. I was like, you're, you're 30. Yeah, I know. Well, I am. I'm 39. <laughs> 39. Yes. 39. But I turned 40 in like two months. Okay. So less it's all, you know, I've, I'm 43. I'm like, it's been the best. Well, I don't know. It's hard to, to judge, but yeah. I think the 40s are great actually. And I hear that great. from people that are in their 50s. They're like, oh yeah, that was the best time. Great. So again, reinventing. Great. Yeah. Time. Exactly. Awesome. I will link all of your details you. in the show notes. And thanks again for sharing your story and being here and doing the work that you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. And yeah, I'm just excited to share the information so that nobody feels alone. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for being here. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It makes a big difference for visibility and even better. Share this episode with a friend and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode every other Wednesday. If you're interested in working together to elevate your online presence, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram at whereiswillow. I also hang out on LinkedIn, Willow McDonough. Until then, cheers to carving your own fucking path. I love you.